This is the On Conflict Podcast. Deep conversations that will transform your relationship with conflict. Season 2, a focus on leadership. And now, your hosts, Julia Menard and Gordon White. Hello, I'm Julia Menard. And I'm Gordon White. Welcome to the last episode of Season 2 of the On Conflict Podcast. With a focus on leadership. At the beginning of season two, Gordon and I wanted to focus on leadership and conflict, partly because of the work that we do in organizations. We often get called in when there is a conflict and there's been some struggle. And we wanted to dive into looking at what could be more effective and more helpful ways to support the people who are suffering with conflict in workplaces. And we notice that the way leaders lead has an effect on the way conflict plays out in organizations. And uh, some of the ways this happens are conflicts that the leader herself or himself might be in, how they engage in them. Also, the way they manage others or lead others. For example, are roles and responsibilities clear? If they're not, others might be more likely to get into conflict. And then there's just this sort of general, the level to which they're taking responsibility for any conflicts that might arise amongst the personnel or people that they're responsible for. So that is a bit of an explanation for our fascination and our desire to do something with leadership and conflict, both at the same time. Gordon and I have also both been on faculty at the Justice Institute Centers for Conflict Resolution and Centers for Leadership, both. And uh, we just find the topic so important, this connection between leadership and conflict. And I, um, I also teach a course at Railroads, and many of the people coming into that, this is Railroads University, and many of the people coming into my class are bringing in conflicts that they're experiencing inside organizations and are being impacted by the style of leadership. Yes. And that reminds me of the course that I've also taught at Royal Roads University. It's funny how we've had so many crossovers, you and I. And it was uh, analyzing and managing conflict and change in organizational settings. Once more, a lot of mid-career leaders realizing that conflict is often hidden. They don't realize how it's really alive in so many contexts, including change. And as we're speaking about right now, leadership is such an integral part of engaging and transforming conflict to something that can be innovative, productive, creative. So I think we're going to speak a little bit about what we've concluded over this last season. You know, the season started, episode 27 started in January of 2020. It was pre-COVID times, and we started out with wanting to be curious, wanting to learn, and and to come and report back to you at this episode. Gord? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, so we've been on quite a journey and it's had several streams. So one of those was that for quite a few years, we've been talking about putting some of our training online. And when the pandemic began, we lost some, you know, some work like lots of people did, it created this space. And so we said, okay, let's, let's do this. We started out doing a, a webinar on difficult conversations, and then we started to more, uh, I guess, actively put together our difficult conversations course into one. We offered that uh, three times to fairly large numbers of people online. And then in the last few months, we've taken that course and turned it into an online product, which is now hosted on a learning management system. So that was kind of one stream. While this was going on, we had opportunity to explore something we've been aware of for a long time, which was that 
the exposure and the learning people get to training of, for example, difficult conversations becomes challenging for them to bring up and use in the most important situations when they get into a really difficult conflict. So we were looking for ways to help them integrate the learning. And what we tried out was doing some debriefing sessions of our trainings. And these led to quite a few really, I'm, I'm, te- I'm tempted to say, enriching conversations. You know, we Gordon and I didn't expect that we would get this opportunity over the life of the podcast season two to really dive even deeper as not just podcast co-hosts, but as colleagues, deeper and deeper into training leadership and working with leaders in conflict. And I think, Gord, you're also going to transition into that part of our work, because not only did we get the course, the Difficult Conversations course going online and now as a product, but concurrently, we started doing more and more work together, mediation work, etc. And did you want to speak a little bit about that before we kind of get into some of our other I don't know about conclusions, but just to give listeners a sense of where we've been over this last year. Right. Quite a few places. So one of the, I guess the thing that comes to my mind immediately, Julia, is the way we've used difficult conversations course in so many different ways. One of the experiments we've been engaged in has been having people do some learning on their own time in the privacy of their own office or whatever. And they can go back to this. So it's kind of like having their own conflict coach. They can go back to it again and again. And then we still do some pre-mediation in some situations. But we've also been moving. I hope I'm not going to steal the thunder here to this other piece, you know, this other theme we've been discovering. We've been moving more and more to empowering leaders themselves also through the course to be able to take on these kind of mediative communication skills, do the coaching themselves and help teach these skills to their own teams. And for me, this has been incredibly exciting and incredibly empowering to be able to share with our clients. Regarding what we were saying about mediation and using difficult conversations training. So we've inserted this learning piece and then we were doing the debriefing I described. And then we expected that we would be doing a mediation, but we didn't, we ended up not having to do it because the first two worked better than we expected. Yes. Right. So, and then this this fits with another theme of activity we were doing is we started to add debriefing sessions to the recorded trainings that we were providing to people, and this seemed to be quite an effective way of helping them integrate. We knew that individual coaching would help people integrate the learning of the course. But there's uh, there's an obvious downside to that in that getting a coach for every single person in an organization gets to be, you know, prohibitively expensive for one thing, but problematic in other ways as well or challenging, right? So we were able to uh, start overcoming that impediment by working with groups of people, right? And having conversations with them about their application of the course what their challenges were, what their questions were, and helping to refine for them their how-tos, right? And even getting them to do maybe even little practices or right as we're, as we're working with them. Mm-hmm. Now, so we started doing that in organizations, and then we kind of ran into the same kind of thing that you, you might run into if you were trying to supply coaching to people in that it started to look like it would be more effective to train other people to do what we were doing, 
right? And so that's where we kind of stepped into now starting to train and coach leaders to do those debriefing sessions. Teaching something is one of the best ways to learn it. So they become more capable, more proficient, more knowledgeable. They also begin to appreciate it more, and then they begin to use it more, and then they begin to model the way for other people in the organizations. They understand their cultures and know them better than we do. And so they're better at customizing and integrating the material into their culture for practical use. And of course, it's economically better. They're also setting a certain expectation. Uh, Yes, so important. By sharing the teaching and saying, yes, this is the way that we work together. Yeah, in fact, there seem to be two aspects to these debriefings. Well, at least two. One is a kind of a practice element, practical, how do we use this? And then another is the conversations that they have with each other about what the expectations are. Talking about those expectations and gaining consensus on them. That process of conversation is a culture change process. And ideally, that the agreements that come out of those kind of conversations about how we are going to treat each other, how we're going to have our conversations, what we expect for respectful behavior starts to infiltrate into other parts. I mean, we haven't gone this far yet, but that it starts to infiltrate into how we're screening. So are we looking for particular kinds of conflict competencies and for orientation, how we're helping people understand, look, this is the way we engage collaboratively around here. This is what that means, how we performance manage and even how we fire. I mean, a lot of this is straight out of Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage, you know, the fourth discipline about creating clarity in all your systems and all your human resource systems so that they they dovetail and they create quite a cohesive package of conflict competent cultures. And I think another unexpected and positive surprising experience was how getting leaders involved in uh, doing these debriefing sessions of the difficult conversation course was that they start seem to spontaneously start to think about how they could institute it more organization-wide, how they could create and sustain associated change. So we've shared some insights and some learnings that we've had both through creating the Difficult Conversations course and also starting to use the Difficult Conversations course with leaders, with teams, and having leaders and teams take it over in a sense and make it their own, adapt it to their needs, and start to use it as a coaching methodology as well, that they're conflict coaching using that method. And, you know, I think we're we're not necessarily saying, well, we're not saying you have to use our model. I think what we are starting to get really present to is teams and organizations and leaders need to have a model, whether it's nonviolent communication, fierce conversations, Jervis Bush's clear leadership, or the model that we've put together based on you know our experiences, or going to an interest-based model like the Justice Institute of BC. It's what we're getting clarity on isn't so much what the model is, choose one, but start having those conversations with yourself as a leader, get your, your own conflict management skills up with your team and with the systems throughout the organization. So we've enjoyed having a time to reflect with you about some of the things that we've been learning over this last year. And we wanted to leave you with a couple of key thoughts. 
And the first one is that Gordon and I now know without a shadow of a doubt that change happens one conversation at a time. And so it's important to get your conversational model straight. Be clear on what that is. As a leader, get proficient at knowing the model and living the model, modeling the way, and then get to educating and coaching your team and your organization in the same kind of conversational model. So everybody has the same kind of agreements about how you engage together respectfully and collaboratively. And then we didn't talk a lot about this last part, Gordon, but I know some of our leaders are experimenting with this. Also expect to have a sustainability level. People need to come back and refresh or continue to prepare for conversations or continue to reflect and learn from the successes and the challenges. So as a leader, you also want to be thinking about how are you going to set up a continual space could be like St. John's Ambulance that, you know, once or twice a year, there's a refresher, or it could be a constant space where people know they can go to get some conflict coaching and some support. So it can look different ways. It's up to the leader and the team to collaboratively come up with things that work for them, all based on the foundation of conversation. There's going to be some kind of education or training in a communication model as maybe like a first step. And then we're talking about debriefing conversations about that method in small groups led by leaders. And those conversations we've noticed seem to have two important aspects to them. One is there's some kind of practice of the method or model that's being used. And then secondly, there are conversations about how it's going to be used in that group of people, um, what the expectations are. And those conversations in themselves are really important in the integration of the use of that communication model method. And then as Julia says, there's more of a long-term kind of uh, support system that can be put in place as well. Sustainability and you could say continued growth practices. Yeah, I was thinking of something similar, that idea you're just saying, Gord, about continued growth practices and looking at you and thinking, oi, oi, what a year we've had. You know, we've got the privilege and opportunity to work so much more closely this last year with COVID and the various uh, academic uh, curriculum and client work we've done. And of course, we've had more conflict. And luckily, and I do mean luckily, we've had the model to fall back on, to be a place that would be learning for us. And I've certainly been so honored to continue to grow with you. I mean, conflict truly has been our growth brew over this last year. I mean, I can say that unequivocally. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. It's definitely one of the themes of our working relationship, right? that we have it, we make use of it, and we examine our use of our methodologies uh, through working with each other. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a privilege. Thank you very much for listening. We're currently planning a season three to start sometime in the fall. And part of that season, we're wanting to have uh, some of our favorite clients on this podcast and interview them for you. So you can learn as much from them as we have. And we have some other surprises up our sleeve for the season, and we'll leave you enticed for now. Signing off, Julia Menard. Gordon White. Take care. Bye now. If you love this episode of On Conflict, 
Then help us out by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. And you can spread these big ideas too by sharing on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you show up online. Want to know more about us? Check out our website on conflictpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Now, go make the world a better place.